Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Hello, hello. I am more excited than usual today, Christina, because we get to have one of my friends on the show. Isn't that always just even better than when we have strangers on? Yes, absolutely it is because we have a little bit more of a backstory with our friends, right? And we can kind of draw from that backstory and lay down a nice foundation. And so it's really cool to have our friends on and I can't wait. I can't wait to hear from Jessica. So tell us about Especially cool when our friends are badasses and you and I do have some badass friends. We do. I don't take that lightly. We have some badass midlife friends and, you know, surround yourself with with awesome people and it'll make you more awesome. Well, I want you all to meet my friend Jessica Foster. She's an award winning journalist working for WJHG WECP TV in Panama City Beach, Florida. I mean. It's not a bad gig, right? She has experience as an anchor, reporter, producer, and a meteorologist. In fact, if I'm not sure what the weatherman's saying, I just called Jess and asked for a translation. <laughs> and, you know, she's also a wife, a mother, a breast cancer survivor. And when she's not bringing the news to viewers each morning, she's out volunteering in the community. So she's just jam up all the way around. And she's a great friend of mine. We've been very, very close for many years now. And I just love her. And when we get down to Florida and we get on the panhandle, we try to sneak over and meet up with she and her sweet family. So Jessica, I've been waiting on this. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Excited to be here. And Jessica just turned the big four. Ah. And you how know, do, how, Chris, do you <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel? You know, I feel great. I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around the fact that I'm 40, but my little girl, she she's a jokester, and she keeps saying, You're just an old woman. <gasps> And then she laughs. Oh, she's such a mess. She's a mess. She's a mess. She, she, tell her Auntie G's even older than I that. Know, She'll right? die when you tell her how old I am. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. We'll never live it down. So Jessica just turned 40. But part of the reason we're having on her on our show today is because she truly has midlife moxie. She is at the top of her game at 40 years old. Um, I think you look better than you looked five years ago. You're healthier than you were five years ago. Your career is soaring. Your family family is great. You've survived cancer and a hurricane. I mean, hmm. dang girl. Yeah, you know, I really couldn't feel better than I do right now. And five years earlier, I would have said, you're crazy. If at 40, I'm going to feel like I'm living my best life, but I truly am. And I think that's important for women to know, like we are amazing. <laughs> We really are. So Jess, part of, is that okay that I call you Jess? Oh, yes. I just... All my friends call me Jess. So call me Jess. <laughs> oh, good. So we're, we are fast friends. Yes. See, this is, this is the good thing about, Jess. you know, knowing, knowing cool people is that they usually have cool friends. Yes. So <laughs> I love this. You, you are good peeps. So Jess, tell me this, you know, I, I was listening to Gail say some things about you. And what stood out to me was the breast cancer. And I want to know if that was part of your story 
that that moved you into your best life you know because that's a huge that's a huge thing to go through and you're so young yes i was actually 35 years old when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's really kind of an interesting story. So I had to have a complete hysterectomy when I was only 30 years old. And oh my gosh. Yes. And so I had not had children. I knew that God had called us to adopt. And so we adopted our beautiful Mm -hmm. baby girl. And right after that hysterectomy, you know, your hormones are going crazy. Mm -hmm. And I had always done my breast self-exams. My mom had always told me to do that. And I'm a rule follower. So I had always done my breast self-exams. And after my hysterectomy, I noticed something in my breast. I felt something in my breast. Well, went to my doctor and he said, you know what? We need to do a mammogram. And so we did the mammogram Mm -hmm. and we noticed a cyst. It was a fluid filled cyst. And it actually ended up being benign. It was just caused because of the hormonal imbalances and things like that. Um, but he said, you know, we've already started the mammograms, even though you're not really at the age to start them, we can still do them yearly because of this. And so year after year, I was going for my mammogram. I almost didn't get it done the year that I was diagnosed because I thought, why am I doing this? I'm not even 40 years old yet. I really don't need to do it. I'm fine. I had interviewed a young breast cancer survivor and something just clicked in my head. I don't need to miss this year. So went in for the mammogram Mm. and they noticed something on that mammogram. We biopsied it and it ended up being breast cancer. Wow. We caught it extremely early though. Um, And I just feel so fortunate for being on top of my health. And I think that that did propel me into living my best life because I just feel like, you know, I got another chance at living by being a survivor. Mm, And Jessica, that led to a full radical mastectomy for you because you turn out to be BRCA positive. Yes. Which is another thing that's really crazy because I didn't have a family history of breast cancer, but I was young to be diagnosed. And so the doctor said, Hey, let's do some genetic testing. We're not expecting it to come back as anything, but let's just go ahead and do it. And when those results came back, I was positive for the BRCA2 gene mutation, which is a breast cancer gene mutation. And I want to point out that that mutation cannot just come from your mother's side of the family. It can also come from your father's side of the family. Mm -hmm. And my dad, shortly after I was diagnosed, was diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer, which can also be associated with that BRCA2 gene. And wow. Yes, yes. Now he was treated successfully, just like I was treated successfully. But that's just something to keep in mind. And so mm, I, I did have Jessica, a Jessica, you got new boobies. I did. I did. And <laughs> we're all jealous of Jessica's boobs yeah, now. Got, I mean. Well, you know, you have to have something that comes out of it, right? <laughs> Now, I will say that yours are good, girl. Well, I've seen them. I, I mean, I like, I like, we, we, I mean, she just, I've seen them. She showed me because I, I wanted, you know, we, we we're curious. And I mean, she's, she's, she's riding on. Well, I, she's like, I appreciate I got new it. boobs and new nipples. Here we go. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I want that to be an encouragement yes, to women yeah, who may absolutely. be looking at this that, Jessica has come out healthy, Mm. looking great. Because Jessica, I remember specifically the day you were getting the results. Mm -hmm. And when Jessica wants the results, Jessica gets the results. She's like a bulldog. Uh Go Georgia. But I remember I had pulled in at my swimming pool and I was sitting in the car talking to you. 
and you said those words. Yes. I have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think you and I were both taken aback because we thought this was scary, but it would ultimately be all okay. I remember just being dumbfounded oh, no. at 35. Yes, I was dumbfounded. You had breast cancer. Yeah, you just really don't, you just don't ever anticipate that you're going to hear those words. And I still vividly remember the day that I received that news. And I looked the doctor right in the, the eyes and I said, well, we've got to fix this because I have a daughter to raise. Mm. And I remember him saying, you know, we are going to fix this. And I did choose to do the bilateral mastectomy. And I also distinctly remember the day that we removed the bandages for the first time. And I was going to see the results of my surgery. Mm. And my husband was with me and we both, I can, we just, we looked fearful, you know, and I think he looked fearful because he knew that it was just difficult for me because, you know, you think about it and you, you put a lot of emphasis on that as a female. It's like part of being a female, right? Right. It's part of like your female identity. I'd already had a complete hysterectomy and now I'm, you know, having a mastectomy. Yeah. Did you feel like you were losing yourself a little bit? You you worried. I worried that that was what was going to happen. But then, you know, we removed those bandages and we both looked at each other. I still had drains coming out both sides of my body. And we looked at each other and I said, it doesn't look bad. And he (laughs) and he said, you're beautiful. And that just spoke volumes, you know, and to know that he could feel like I was beautiful when I had drains coming out of my body and I had scars. Um, Mm. But you know what? Those scars, they subside. And when I look in the mirror now and I I see the scars, I feel like I'm a warrior. And I'm proud of those. And and I'm proud that I don't have anything sagging, too. And she well, does. You, it. Those, you got a leg Those up, girls girl. are good. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, so you've been on this crusade in last year's, I know you personally, to get help yes. here. Um, and you have become a Peloton just dynamo. She's, and y'all have to understand, the most movement I knew Jessica to do before that was um, <laughs> fixing her hair yeah. or... <laughs> You know, (laughs) walking into the studio, she was not that girl that gets sweaty. Jessica doesn't sweat. It's not her thing. She's not going out and climbing mountains. But she became this exercise crazy person in her late 30s. Mm -hmm. Yes. And girl, I told her lately, I said, you are looking good. And I've known Jessica for a long time. And she's so toned and just refined her, her frame and how she looks. And, you know, be encouraged that we can recreate ourselves and we can become healthy at any time. Oh, yes, we totally can. You know, I I was a competitive cheerleader growing up. I did dance. But then when I got into my 20s and 30s, I started having a lot of female issues. And so really, I, I didn't I didn't really feel that great to exercise. You know, I I would work and I would come home and I would put on a heating pad because of all the female problems. Mm-hmm. And so you know, after I had the hysterectomy, after I had the mastectomy, I thought, you know what? I don't have anything that's going to hurt me now to get out and really, really exercise. And I knew that having all of that done and the medication that you have to take to prevent a cancer recurrence, it can be very damaging on your bones. And so I wanted to do all that I could to be healthy. And, you know, you may feel like a lot of things are out of control, but there are some things that you can control. And you just kind of hang on to that. 
Did you feel like this? Uh, I mean, I'm looking at it retrospect, right? That this was like a God wink for you. You know, yes. this was like your, okay, it might not be what you want in your life, in your cards, in your deck, right? But it also realigned you, recalibrated you is what I hear you saying. Almost threw you into a total pivot of your next stride in in the next part of your life. Is that correct? Yes, I would say so. And you can trace so many things back to God and how maybe that's not what you had originally planned for your life, but how he intertwines it all. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, had I not had a hysterectomy, I wouldn't have my beautiful daughter. You know, all of these things. And instead of saying, you know, why me, God, why me? You know, why not me? Because I have a platform where I can reach out and help other women. And I decided to, Mm -hmm. to share my story on the news. And the day that I was diagnosed, I called up my news director and I said, you know, this is what's going on. I have breast cancer. And I said, I want to share my story. And she said, Jessica, you, you don't have to do that. And I said, no, I I want to do that. I think that was also healing for me. Yeah. It it was healing to share that. You were able to give back. Yes. You were able to give back, enter into suffering when other people out there who watch you, who are entertained by you, who show up for you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're on air, people, people like what they like. And, and you just came into their home and sat right next to them as their friend and said, I get it. Right. And I'm sure that has made a huge difference in how you are looked at in your community, how you're looked at, um, by the people who, you know, show up for you and watch you on, on your segments. Yeah. I think it's important to be vulnerable because Mm -hmm. everyone is going through something in their life. Everyone Mm. has challenges. And I think the more real you are, the more people trust you, really. Mm -hmm. So true. Well, you know, now that you've turned the big 4-0 and you are in midlife, the thing I want our listeners to know is that you're at the top of your game. Yes. In your, your physical health, your career, Jessica hosts the morning show. Now, Jessica, it wasn't many years ago that we would not have seen a woman pair. You have a female co-host uh-huh. carrying an entire show. What is that like to be in this changing face of news and journalism and just, you know, television that two women are carrying the entire morning show in a mid-sized market. You know, it's it's really exciting. And I think that it shows how far our society has come also. And what's really, really interesting is it's not just the, the female viewers that are excited to see it. It's also the male viewers. We, we do this segment on our show and it's a fashion segment and we do it weekly. And we thought, Mm -hmm. oh, well, this will really appeal to our female demographic. Well, I had to go to my daughter's school uh, for a conference. And as I'm walking in, the school resource officer, so the police officer that kind of monitors things and makes sure everyone stays safe, he opened the door for me and he goes, hey, Jessica, you know what? I really loved that fashion show y'all did. (laughs) And so... That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. So I just love seeing society just embrace that also. 
Mm. You know, Jessica, it's, it's it, when you were 20 mm-hmm. and uh, in school, would you have thought that at 40 would be, you'd be your, your top of your game? You know, I, I don't even know that I really thought about it that much, you know, because you're just in that hustle when you're going to school for this and you're thinking, oh, I, I have to do this. I have to be this. And um, I'm going to have to jump markets. I really, truly thought that I would just jump markets until I got to the top. But what I realized was I didn't want my life to be that. So we decided to plant roots instead of just chasing, chasing, chasing something. My husband and I just decided that we wanted to grow where we're planted and we wanted to have that balance in our life. So I think that my career looks different than what I originally thought it would. Because, well, I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to ask you, you know, how did you get there or how did you get where you're at right now? Because a lot of people do jump. I've seen many people go from, you know, news station to news station or, you know, different TV shows and, and things of that nature. And you decided to do something different. So can you elaborate on on that just a little bit more? Yes. So we're originally from Atlanta. And so Atlanta is a top 10 television market. And so the original goal would was to get back to Atlanta. In fact, I actually was hired as an associate producer while I was still in college at a TV station in Atlanta after I'd interned there. And so, you know, I just thought I would just eventually get back there as a reporter or an anchor. And so the original plan was to come down here, live at the beach for two years. We would just move to the next market and move to the next market, move to the next market. And we got here and we just loved the way of life. And we just got more and more ingrained in the community. And really, God just kept putting opportunity, whether it would be an opportunity for me or an opportunity for my husband. And we just knew that this is where we were supposed to be. And there is a bit of flexibility that you have not being in this humongous city. And um, I don't know. I, I think that I've realized the older that I get, it's not always about the money. It's not always about the title. It's about your overall happiness and contentment and also to be able to do the Lord's work where he wants you to do it. Mm. You know, Jessica, as we are growing up and watching how things change, you know, it wasn't that many years ago that a woman who was 40 in a face forward business would have been washed up. Yeah. We didn't want to see 40 year olds on the mm-hmm. news or on magazine covers, but the 40 year olds are owning it. The 50 year olds are yes. owning it. Do you see that shift in TV news to more mature women staying on the air longer? Oh, yes. I I see that all the time. And so I don't really worry about my longevity in this business anymore. I really don't. I know that I could be on the air as long as I want to be on the air. And people will accept that and and they appreciate it. So have you found that have you found that since people are 
you know, staying on the air longer that, you know, people are finding their strides in their forties and their fifties. Have you felt like that there's any competition from those newbies that are coming up, you know, out of right out of high school or not high school, I'm sorry, right out of college who are coming in 20 year olds, maybe 30 year olds. And do you, do you feel like there's a sense of competition or do you feel like, no, I'm put, I'm, I'm grabbing them. I'm putting them into the fold. They're learning from me and we're building together. It's more like we're building together. So before my current co-anchor on the show, I was paired with with a male co-anchor and then he retired and he was in his 60s and he just retired. And so my new co-anchor is another female and she's in her 20s. And so I sit on the desk with someone in their early 20s and I just turned 40. And we have the best friendship. We have the best time. And we are loving the collaboration that we have. You know, that word collaboration, Jessica, that's something we're hearing more and more in circles of mature midlife women is we're ready to throw off this competition. We're ready for midlife women to stop feeling threatened by the younger generations. And for those younger generations to look at midlife women and say, they're not washed up. They do have value and we need to listen to their wisdom and watch their journey because we paved the way. Yes, we paved the way. And Jessica and I laugh because we're like, you're living the morning show <laughs> from Netflix or Amazon or whatever that is. You, you're a female anchor. You uh, get the uh, privilege to mentor another person that's new to the news desk. I was laughing so hard when she told me this. I'm like, Jessica, you are the morning <laughs> show. You're the real morning show from, from this series. So yeah, you know, you're living that out. What people see there in that series, you are living that out that a woman can have a powerful position in news nowadays. We we can mentor the younger women and there doesn't even have to be a man propping that desk up anymore. Gosh, that is so freeing because, you know, growing up, I just, oh, yeah. it's only till recent years that I could have imagined the news desk being staffed all females. And I think you have some females in your management hierarchy there too, don't yes, you? Yes. Yes. My news director is a female also. So I, I think it's important in a newsroom to have diversity you have to have diversity of thought, diversity of experiences, because you are representing your community. And so I think that when you have newsrooms that maybe in the past were always led by men, you don't have that diversity of thought that you need. And I see that diversity of thought in the newsroom that we have now. And that's why I think it's so important. That's why I love local news too, because I know a lot of times People can say things about the news or about the media. And a lot of times they're looking at opinion shows. And I think that the lines can be blurred between opinion shows or entertainment news shows and your local news. Your local news, we live in this community. We care about this community. We're just going to tell you the facts. Hmm. I like that. I like that you just differentiated the two because I think a lot of people get caught up in the whole, I don't want to watch the media anymore. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But you want to know what's going on in your community, right? Like right. you, that's what we're here to do. We're here to serve you in your community. We don't care about this big overarching media, blah, blah, blah. It's like right here locally, get, get what you need from us because we want to serve you 
And I, I love that. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's so important mm-hmm. because like I said, we care about our community because we're part of the community. We live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are the community. Yeah. I want to talk about too, the changing face of opportunities for women in general, because you are truly Jessica, one of those women who has it all. You have a wonderful husband. I love that. Oh, love him. Sweet. He love is him. amazing. Shout out. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to the big bear, to the teddy bear <laughs> and the princess. And You have been able to create a life and infuse a job into it rather than have a job and trying to put your life into it. And that's something we're talking about. And that's one of those things we want those younger generations to take a look at. What do you want your life to look like? Mm -hmm. What job will fit into that? And so you could have a million opportunities. I have no doubt you could be on, you know, Good Morning America if that were your goal. But you have kept your priorities of your family first and foremost, but because of the changing face of job markets and and the power that women have to negotiate, you have been able to position yourself a place where you can not only thrive in your career, but you have a schedule that allows you to be with your daughter and your husband every day. So have you seen, because I know what I think, but I want to ask your opinion, Have you seen more and more opportunities like that opening up for women? I have seen more and more opportunities. And I will be honest, when I first got into the news business, it wasn't like that. I mean, you worked all the time. And Hmm. I have seen a shift. And especially at the station that I am at now, it has been such a blessing. And again, I have that female news director who's also a mother. She understands priorities. She understands that you can balance it. And she's even said, we can do this job and still have balance. And that trickles down, you know, from the top. And so I absolutely do you think a lot of companies are seeing this, you know, with things like job sharing, on-site mm-hmm. daycare, work from home, because I'm seeing a shift in what I knew 20 years ago and probably what Christina knew Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, you know, back then it was, I had a part-time situation that I had negotiated, but it was because I was needed. Mm -hmm. I was able to leverage that, but it was very few and far between, very few and far between. And it seems like now there's a lot more flexibility about hours, about um, time off. Yes. What have you seen changing in those arenas for women? Well, I've seen it change, like not just in the, the news industry, but I've, I've seen it change in really corporate America as a whole. I think that Americans are really overworked. They're stressed. And mm-hmm. I think corporate America knew that something had to give. I mm-hmm. think the pandemic also put a little wrinkle in things, too, because we realized that things could be done a little differently. You know, you have that work from home and... Um, you know, people, people want to design their life now. I think they feel empowered to design their life now. And I think corporate America kind of had to get on that bandwagon. Mm. You know, Jessica, I think you're such a good picture of that because people see you on the morning show and then they see you in the afternoon getting ice cream with your daughter right. and you're living that out. Um, cause anybody who knows, you knows you're at the school, the little princess to, 
demands to go to Target and get cookies. I know all that. And you're there to do all that. And the fact that your employer respects that and you can actually talk about it, you know, years ago, you couldn't use that as a reason to leave or a reason for time off. You know, they would have looked at you as weaker. Mm -hmm. But now they look at women like you as strong because you do have it all together. And this changing face is what we need. Don't you think, Christina? I do. And and my question is, you know, always like devil's advocate over here. When they put this into action, was there pushback from your male counterparts? Like, I don't need to do all that because I mean, because males and females think differently, right? right. So males can compartmentalize really, really well. Women, women have to really work super hard at that. Uh-huh. And, and so was there pushback? Like, Hey, wait a minute, I can do it all, bring it on. And, you know, some of your women counterparts are like, no, this is brilliant. Yes, we can do all things and we can have this work balance. And, you know, we want to bring this to the table. So was there any pushback? You know, I did not experience any pushback, but let me tell you, I am a worker. So when I'm on, I am I am on and I am working and I am generating ideas. I am generating content. So because I think I'm just in my element, not that I feel like I have to prove myself by doing that. It's just because I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm all in when I'm Mm -hmm. there. And so I don't think it ever looks like you're not pulling your weight because you are. Got it. Got it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I love you that. You know, Jessica, I love what you said about you love what you do. And I think that's super important because we talk all the time here at Midlife Moxie about some women are still living with decisions they made 20 and 30 years ago that are no longer serving them. Mm-hmm. And you have had a situation with your career where you worked in journalism for a while, then you stepped away for a while, yes. and then you came back. And some careers allow for that. And I think more and more careers are allowing women to take breaks, step away, explore. But what do you say to the woman who, how do you compare someone who is working in their joy and something they love to someone who's not? I mean, you, I'm sure you know women who are in that position that they don't enjoy what they're doing. And how does your life look compared to theirs? Yeah, I, I say that, you know, it's never too late to make a different decision. And you have to love what you do. And I did, I took a step back uh, when my daughter was, was a little baby because I was at a shop where I was working all the time. Um, I was really, really working and she was a baby. And I knew that at that point in my career, I needed to take a step back for myself and for my family. And I thought that when I got out of journalism for that time period, that there would be no way that I would be able to get back in. You know, I thought, okay, that door is probably going to be closed. And it was about two years after I had walked away from that. And again, I had no plans to get back into journalism, but deep down, I knew that I loved it still because that joy for it never went away. And I still always kept up with, you know, current events. And I even remember my husband saying, well, why don't you try to get back in? And I'm like, well, once you walk away from journalism, there's no way to get back in. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know mm. how I would even do that. I mean, I've been away too long. I don't even have a current resume tape. And out of the blue one day, my current news director sends me an email and says, Hey, can we talk? We have an opening. And 
I remember going into that meeting, I did not have a resume tape because again, I had, I'd been out of the business for two years and I went into her office and she was, you know, Hey, we want to offer you this job. Like I saw your work when you were at the other station. I, I, I was impressed. We want to bring you on. And I remember sitting in that meeting and I said, well, my family has to be the most important. So mm-hmm. if I come into this, my family's going to always have to come first. And she said, mine too. I get it. And I, mm. I knew that that was the place that I needed to be. I love that you set the boundary up in the beginning. Yes. And even even though that this was like deep down in your gut, you were like, I want this. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, you had to have been like, I really want this, but you weren't willing to compromise who you are, mm-hmm. who, who you were providing for, who needed you and who was riding for you. Cause your husband and your child are the ones that are going to ride for you till the, till the very end, yes, till the very end. And you kept them first. Mm-hmm. So w- what do you say to the woman who's, who has just got offered her job interview, her dream job interview, and she's coming back into the workforce. She has this deep, deep, deep passion to do this, yet she wants to keep the family first. What do you say to her? You just have to be honest because if you're not honest with yourself, then it's not going to work out anyway. And when you're coming Mm. back in, you want it to be the best possible situation for you and for your family, because I knew that when I came back in, I wanted it to be for the long haul. But if I don't keep my priorities mm. straight, it's not going to be for the long haul anyway. Mm. I remember this season and you were so clear about, well, I'll go talk to them, but yes, and your butt was strong. And I'm like, what if they say this, Jess? What if they say that? And you're like, no, no. you know, Leave, I'm going to tell them that this mess. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we discuss everything down to the hair uh-huh. details. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. But and, and we've been walking this out together for a long time and we both wanted to keep our families as a party, but we both share that strong drive and Christina does too, if to have that career be that have it all woman. But, you know, I think that's something that we as women are not as used to as the men in negotiating our situation. And even 20 years ago, I was able to negotiate my situation because of what I brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, young girls, if you're listening, position yourself you know, take what you offer unique. And if you're midlife and you're renegotiating, entering the workforce, a job change now that the kids are grown, really look at your skill set, you know, find your value and know your value, girl, speak in your value. Jessica walked in the door knowing her value and her worth. And we as women sometimes don't believe in ourselves enough to negotiate or ask for what we want. And I just think that's so important. Don't you, Jess? Oh, I think that it is so very important. And I love what you said, Gail, about knowing your worth because you are worthy. Everyone listening out there, you are worthy. You have unique skills. You have unique strengths. Own that. Don't be afraid of that. Go with it. And if you don't ask, you don't know. Right. You know, we sometimes settle for a position at eight to five that didn't have to be eight to five. Or it, you know, it could have been different if we had the vision to see it differently and offer that option up 
to that employer who may be ready to do something new and different, but maybe they don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, they've probably changed some of their policies, I think, based on you, Jessica, and Mm. working with women like you, because employers miss out on a lot of good, amazing women because they're in flexibility. And I think they're seeing that and they're hungry for us in their spaces. And so I think they're more willing than ever to open their eyes to options. Well, let's be honest, a wife and a mom, we can get so many things done in such a short amount of time. I mean, come on. We are like the ultimate multitaskers. And I have to say over the weekend, I saw there was um, someone that I went to college with. So she just turned 40 also. She started her career as a reporter. She got out of the business for a long period of time. And she is actually starting her job as a morning anchor in the market that she started out in as a reporter so many years ago. She actually, today was her first day on the air as a morning anchor at 40 years old. And I reached out to her and I was like, you go girl. Like, oh my goodness, I can so relate because... You know, it's it's very so similar. Surreal. Yeah. And she said, I cannot believe at 40 years old I'm getting back in this. But isn't it interesting to see like what women will negotiate versus what men will negotiate? We we negotiate for time. Yes. And and men negotiate for money. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. But they both equal the same. They do. They do. But I That's very interesting. It is very Go interesting. Ahead. I I much rather have time off than a bunch of money. Me too. <laughs> Too, girl. Me too. I mean, I can, I can go on a budget. I'm not going to lie. Well, no, we all love both. Yeah, we all love both. But that time is so, so valuable. It's precious. And let me tell you, I I also don't want women to feel guilty for working. Like Mm. if you find joy in going to a job, then you go. Because my daughter, so I'm not at home in the morning to get her to school, but I'm there in the afternoon to pick her up from school. So in the morning, my husband has to take her to school and get her up. Which let me just say. It's not easy. <laughs> Jessica is, yeah, Jessica's figured out the smart thing here. Yes. <laughs> Getting her to school, sometimes she decides she's not going. And so Jessica has found out how to get <laughs> out of the bad part right. and only do the good <laughs> part, which cracks me up. I'm like, hey, not having to get kids to school in the morning? That would be incredible when my kids were younger. Yes, but she loves telling people what her mommy does, and she is excited about it. And she's proud of she you. She is. In fact, we. <laughs> this is a funny story. So we were out at the playground, and we met a new neighbor. We had not met her before, and one of our other neighbors was there, and she she knows us, and we're friends with her. And she was like, "Oh, let me introduce you um, to Jessica and her daughter." And um, the lady was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And my daughter goes, you may have seen her on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. She is proud of you. And, you know, we want our daughters to be proud of us, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or your career mom. We want to live lives that make our daughters proud. And even 
even if you've never held a job, yeah. you talk to your daughter about the strength and skills that you have. You you are not just thrown to the side. You're not a nobody. You have value and you have brought value to your family. So make sure you're talking to your daughters and your sons about the value and that this is an agreement that the family made. It's not just that mom's a schleppo. That's not the case. Moms who stay home sacrifice greatly. Yes, they do. Moms who work sacrifice greatly. But I think the message here is we have an options now like never before. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if mm-hmm. you are in a place where you're not happy or you're in a place where you're not appreciated or you're re-entering the job force or you're now ready to, because a lot of women in midlife are ready to step it up a notch. You can. Yes, you can. And you can do that even in face forward situations like being a news anchor being out front. We used to think, oh, after a certain age, women are washed up. They can't be showing their ugly old faces. And that's just not true anymore. I mean, you're a perfect example of that. Well, I appreciate that. And I just, I think the best years are to come, really. I mean, there's so many more goals that I have that I have set for myself. And I have plenty of time to achieve them. And I'm more motivated than ever to do it. I feel better than I have. You're definitely in your stride, girl. I've known you for what, 10 years? And, and you are in your stride. I mean, you are clicking on all cylinders. Mm. The job's intact. The family's intact. Her home is always clean. She makes me so mad. No, I do have help with that. You always look like a million bucks. I mean, and you get up at what time, Jess? So I get up at 2.45 in the morning. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So sometimes we, we text and I'm going to bed and Jessica's getting uh-huh. up. Mm-hmm. But... So there is some sacrifice there, but what that has allowed you to do is you're there when the little angel gets out of school and you're there for the school meetings and the after school doctor appointments and the ice cream Mm -hmm. trips and the parties and you rest later and that's okay. And we got to think outside the box, guys. I am not a 2.45 a.m. person, but hey, you need something done at 11 p.m. So a lot of moms, you could do work at home stuff after kids are in the bed. If you're a copywriter or you're a website designer, there's so many options, guys. And you just got to find your groove. Right, Christine? Mm-hmm. I, I know when my husband goes to bed, it's like I can get a whole lot of work done. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't look like a typical schedule. I mean, it really doesn't at all for our family, but it's what works for us. And it's really what Mm. we kind of decided on as a group. Like, we don't make decisions as an individual in our family. We really talk about what things are going to look like. And I think that's really important. Like, Gail, you you were saying you were saying my house is always clean. Well, we made the decision to get some help with that. Because we were spending our weekends cleaning house and we said, hey, that's not what we want to do anymore. Yes. So we hired somebody to help out with that. And I really think it's different in different seasons. And I think Christina can speak to this too. You know, when our children were little, they needed us there you know, right in their face, in the floor playing, or they want us to be right there. And then you move into that season where all they want you to do is drive them around. (laughs) And then you move into that season where I don't even want you to drive me. I don't want anyone to to know that I'm associated with you. And I think 
as women, sometimes we go through all those seasons with the same career, the same family dynamic, the same everything. And those are very different seasons, just as the midlife is. Your children, um, now I know your daughter's still young because that was, you know, after your infertility struggles, you adopted kind of on the late Mm -hmm. side. Um, But my youngest is 19 now. So what my daily schedule looks like and my daily needs are the same for you, Christina. We're not getting up, getting a child either homeschooling or ready for school, you know. And so what we can do in the workplace, the volunteer place, anything is very different. It's even with different. I remember I just couldn't find time to even go for a walk because I had to be around the baby's nap and the this and my job and, you know, Midlife, for a lot of us, if we're not already caring for elderly parents, there are some time and spaces that open up for us. Mm -hmm. But I think the mistake is women go through and they don't reassess things at these break points in their life. When the season changes, sometimes we don't stop and reassess. We're still doing the job that we took when our children were very young because it worked for that season. But it may not be fulfilling. It may not be working for us now. And I know for me... My husband's not far from retirement and I want a lot of flexibility, but I also want cash to go on all these trips we want to go on. (laughs) So that's the lens that I look at things through. But if we continue to wear the same glasses with the same lens and try to make that work in all seasons, I think we're setting ourselves up for not fulfilling ourselves completely or not being totally happy. What do you think, Christina? You've been through lots of seasons. Lots of seasons. I think that... If you can go through seasons with friends, with relationships, that it's it's a true testimony that you'll go through seasons when it comes to career, Mm -hmm. your children, and and it's okay to reassess those things. And I think that so many times, you know, we come from this old school mentality that you stay in this career and and you ride it out into the very end and um, you don't make waves. You just, you just keep your head down, work like a workhorse. And, and when you retire, then you'll have that freedom. Mm -hmm. And I think, that society has changed. I mean, you're a clear testimony to that, Jess, is that things have changed. Yes. Things have shifted. We know, Christina, years ago, our parents, like you could work somewhere 20, 30 years and you got all these benefits. That is not, there is nothing, nothing unless you're like, a teacher or something that there's not many jobs that reward you for staying at that same place. That's right. Long term, like we used to. So we have to stop thinking that way. We do. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are raised that way, like if your parents, like they were in a career like that, Mm -hmm. it's ingrained in you that that's how it is. But society evolves. And so I think that our mentality and how we think about our careers and our trajectory also has to evolve. And I think also sometimes as women, and I can't speak for every woman, but if we wanted to generalize, women tend to like stability, I would say. Mm -hmm. And so I think Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard as women to kind of take a leap of faith and try something new. But if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you don't have that joy, then you're doing yourself and your family and those around you a disservice. You could be like Gail and I and ready to make the leap even though we don't have <laughs> even though we don't have the the 
the plan in place. We're just like, let's just do it. You know, hey, <laughs> let's just start a podcast. Hey. Let's just do it. And look, here you are. And you are amazing. Y'all are doing great things and you're inspiring mm. so many women by what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. Jess. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jess, you're such a great example of you know, that midlife having it all, mm-hmm. the midlife woman, the modern midlife woman, Ooh, you're like fashionable. That. You are, Jessica's always invited to be the, what is it when you go and MC yes. for this ball and that ball. And she's always telling me what she's doing and she's wearing a fancy dress somewhere. And, you know, at 40, that's got to feel <laughs> freaking amazeball. <laughs> she's like, she's like the JLo of TV person. Oh, oh, yeah, like, they know her. They know her over at McDonald's. I've heard them yes. in the drive-thru. Yes. When I go and, and get my soft drink on ice, yeah, they'll be like, "Hey, I saw the show this morning." Um, hey, you know, the funny thing, Christine is always laughing about because if I'm out in town and I'm probably going to stop somewhere and either get my lunch or a drink, uh-huh. and she Fancy laughs Nancy. at me. But Jessica's the same oh, way. I like, am. I can tell you, she likes to get hot cakes at McDonald's. <laughs> she likes her Diet Coke. Um, the baby girl wants milk and a cookie. I mean, it's so funny that we ride around in our cars and know what each other does nowadays. Yes. But, so, you know, I always want to leave our listeners with actionable, actionable items and things that can help them move forward. So I think in your story, Jessica, we can say you're never too old. Never too old. And... Life may not look like it you expected because I know when you graduated and you were magna cum laude, right? Yeah. So I graduated from the University of Georgia with a 4.0. Wow. Told you she was a badass. (laughs) And then you got a master's and then you went back and got your meteorology degree. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are a badass. And I really think that women would serve themselves well. We have long lived in our insecurities that have caused us to try to go find friends that don't make us feel uncomfortable or any in any way. We can be the alpha female in that group. Um, go f- go sit at the table where you're the least accomplished. Mm-hmm. Go sit at the table where the women are intimidating. First of all, they will welcome you in. Yes. If they're mature, modern women. And those people will rise you up mm-hmm. because when you run with people like Jessica and like I said we've been friends a long time we see the best in each other and we speak that into each other Jessica and I have no need to compete no we build us each other up all the time and Jessica is one of my friends who truly is so complimentary and speaks into me um you know what she sees in me and the same back and forth and we really appreciate that and that is the new face of the modern woman to be collaborative instead Mm -hmm. of competitive so I would say Jessica's a great story of putting yourself around the right people because when you see other people living out their stride and they're at the top of their game I think it allows you to believe you can be at the top of your game too I know Christina you're you hang out with people who who help you to elevate, right? I do. I do. I, t- I hang out with a lot of entrepreneurs just because that's just seems to be my, my stride. And we all love just creating and having the freedom. And, you know, you have to be around the people that are going to elevate you um, in a higher thought process. And so, you know, just entrepreneurship is, definitely a challenge. And so that's, that's what gravitates to me. 
uh, a lot of time. I'll also say always be bringing new breath Mm -hmm. and new life into your circle because I know with the pandemic, I got really involved in Clubhouse and I have literally met people from all over, like Mm -hmm. places. I never had a friend in Rhode Island or Vermont or Utah. I have Canadian friends now. I have, and they've all added little things to my life. And I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, she does this for a living. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have friends that design websites. And I have friends that are fashion stars and one friend who's a tarot card reader and friends who are, um, one girl's a vagina coach. Wow. She helps people exercise their, their pelvic region. And, but what that's done is expand my thinking as to what's positive for me. So always be bringing in that new blood. Like Jessica said, negotiate for yourself mm-hmm. and know your worth. What else do you do? What did I miss? Well, Actionable items. I, I just want to say also, So, Gail, that when you were talking about the people that you're meeting, aren't people just fascinating? I say just kind of look around you and just take it in. Like as a journalist, we talk to people all the time, but just really listen to people. And when you really listen to what people have to say, you can learn so much more about the world and even about yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm. Absolutely. I don't want to hang out with the same kind of people all the time. It's like putting warm water in your bathtub. It just makes it much better. Yeah, it, it, Mm -hmm. it opens your eyes too to new ways of thinking about things. In a non, like when we hear things on the news or we see stories on the news or we read about them where it's very easy to say, oh, bullshit or, oh, that's not true or, oh, blah, blah, blah. But when you meet people and you hear the story out of someone's mouth as their real experience, that changes Mm -hmm. things for you, especially when they tell it from their perspective. And We've moved around several times as a family. My husband's taken different jobs and I've loved being an entrepreneur and being able to do that. But And I know it has been hard on our son, our youngest, but the thing about that is I think he knows lots of different kinds of people. He knows different cultures. He could board mm. a plane by himself when he was probably 12. He would have put him <laughs> out of the curb. And he has some skills that I think are really going to pay off yes. long term. And when we get too comfortable and we ride into old age, we've not made a new friend in 20 years, you're not going to have these seasonings sprinkled into your life. You're not going to know what's out there for you. I didn't know about all the things you could do. I mean, Clubhouse, uh, Christina, hasn't it just blown your mind? Um, Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, we have all those skills. Oh, wait, I've got that. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. And it's just, I don't know. I think we've been molded. And so now it's mm-hmm. starting to to give us a new thought process. And and I think that's the greatest thing that came out of the pandemic. It's the culture shift. Yes. You know, when I some- mean, we've ran into people who manufacture shoes for women. We've ran into one lady who makes a garment for women with surgical drains. You know who I'm talking about? What else? I mean, the th- there's a bar all lady. These, um, yeah, that yeah, created I mean, her own bar in the pandemic. I'm like, okay, mine. My, I need to know these women and Mm -hmm. I need to, when you know people like that, it expands your thinking. And I think that gets you in a position Mm -hmm. to negotiate because I think it's made you and I braver. Don't you think, Christina? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I, I have seen that in you, Gail. I've seen you become more and more brave just over even the last Mm. couple of months. And I'm trying to knock the Southerner out of her, but you know, Jess, it's, it's really challenging. Hey, it's you really know, challenging. I, I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> I, I still have the Southern in me. I remember 
when I was going through college and they would say, you know, you're going to have to tone down your Southern accent. You're going to have to tone down your Southern accent. But, you know, even in the news, they're even more accepting of that these days. And oh, no, it's it's not necessarily her accent. It's it's her mannerisms. Oh. She's like, stop being so stop being so California. Oh. <laughs> Californian. And I'm over here like you're so sad. That's we're like, you know how we sugarcoat things, oh, and we, yeah. you know, bless her heart. You know how Southerners are, <laughs> bless her hearts, yeah. and you know, wrap it up in cotton balls to give it to people. Yeah. She just, and yeah. she's like, just blah blah blah. And I said, girl, you can't, you can't talk to people like that down here. Get your lights punched out. We don't do that. You got to talk to people with some Southern charm. Yeah, sugarcoat it a little bit. I don't have that. Uh oh. So Gail said, Gail said we, we can't be friends if I move to South Carolina. <laughs> I said, Yeah, we're not going to be friends because you're going to get your eyeballs punched out of your face. Because I said, We're going to have to put you through a crash hey, wait, course on being Southern. We talked about balance, though, right? It's all about balance. That's right. There you go. We, there sometimes you go. Southern women, we do have a hard time asking for what we, we want. We've been, we have been brought up to be quiet and be a lady and cross your ankles uh-huh. and don't wear white after leg and all the right. things and you know women finding their voice especially when you're in midlife because y'all if you're not going to find it in midlife when are you going to find it yeah. and these women here christina jessica they're they found their voice they are living their lives and they're going after this stuff and i'm including myself too we wanted to start a podcast i'm 55 freaking years old and i'm starting a new adventure oh have i lost my mind no. maybe no you've not lost your I mind i like to say i'm the good kind of crazy but we need to be that bold and we need to encourage other women that if they've got a dream in their heart start it so i think you've given us some first of all a great visual but some Mm. great actionable items for other women who may be a little stuck or maybe a little stale or haven't lived their best life it's not too late it's never too late that's right jess christina anything else you want to add to that no i i think that we just covered everything and and you know what's really resonating with me the most is setting the boundary if you have a passion in your heart and Mm. and the employer says hey i've got a position for you negotiate it well that it it translates into your day-to-day life you know your relationships with your family um, your relationships with your friends set the boundary up front so then you're not going to compromise who you are in the process of the passion so I like that that was that was my big aha takeaway here today. We bring so much to the table as women. We do. We do. Also, do your breast self exams. Yes. yes. We bring so much to the table as women and we need to recognize the powerhouses that we are and that we can ask for what we want and there's a good chance you may get it and if not keep moving but keep keep um, advocating for yourself and for your family and for what matters and the life you want to live. Jessica, I know you're incredibly busy and I appreciate you giving us an entire hour of your time. And I know you've been on the air all morning. So <laughs> asking you to be on air another hour is a big ask, but that's what friends do, right? That, that is what friends do. But I am so honored 
to do this and to be here with you this afternoon. It was so much fun. And Midlife Moxie will be back on WJHG for another Midlife Moxie segment soon. Jessica and I are working on the next one. And so I love stepping into your arena. It's early for me, but I get it. I get it together when Jessica calls. So I hope this story inspires other women. I mean, and I want to end with this. Your attitude has a lot to do with where you are. Because you could have, woe is me, with all the surgeries. Because you've had how many surgeries now total? Goodness, I think it's been about 15 surgeries. Wow. Mm -hmm. Since I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. Between the hysterectomies and the breast. Um, And you could, I was always amazed with how you handled it. The grace you didn't, you had a good cry about the breast cancer and you moved on. It became after that first day that I heard the fear in your voice, I didn't hear it going forward after that. You were about how do I get through this and how do I handle this and advocating for yourself and finding the best specialist. And every road bump that has come along, that's the way you handle it. And you handle it with joy instead of a give up, woe is me attitude. So if you're listening out there, just know your the attitude that you approach all this with is going to make a big difference. So find your attitude, find your, find your power, find your value, negotiate for the life you want. And you in midlife can be just like Jessica Foster and be at the top of your game. So Jessica, I'm so proud of you and just congratulate you so much because you you are a powerhouse and I'm glad to be your friend. Well, I am glad to be your friend. Thanks so much. I love you, girl. Yeah. And give the family a smooch. <laughs> so, Christina, tell them how they can be a part of our community and give us feedback and all the good things. Oh, goodness. Okay, there are several places that you guys can go. Um, Jess, thanks again for coming on. We loved having you. Um, it was, it's it's kind of nice to, you know, capture capture Gail's relationships with other people. Yes. <laughs> so, it's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Um, Did you so, think you were my only friend? Uh, Did you no, think that? No, 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 no. Oh, it's just it, it's nice to see your other friends like <laughs> I just think that's really cool uh, so okay how can you guys find us how can you find us well we just launched a new Facebook group called Midlife Moxie that's M-O-X-I-E and we want to just extend the conversation that we had on the podcast to our community so come over ask the experts any questions um, from episodes in the past or maybe one that we have just launched talk to Gail and I we are on there and we want to you know just create some space for conversation and community the other place that you can find us is on midlife moxie podcast at gmail.com where you guys can you know tell us if you have a pivotal story or if you're an expert in something that the midlife woman needs to hear about And then last, you can also reach us at midlifemoxie.net, which is our website. Go and check out our blog post, all of our episodes, and our merch store. So those are all the places. What say you, Gail? I say please come be a part of the community because this is meant to be a two-way community, not just us pushing out to you. We want to hear from you and we want you to communicate with one another and build relationships laterally. You never know what that next person might bring into your life. And we are walking out midlife together. So we need you in these spaces to truly lock arms and do the work that we're doing. So please, 
please go to all the places. And also on the website, be sure to visit the blogs. You're going to hear more from our guests on there, more content for you, more value for them. And very soon you'll be having our sponsors and partners page where we are going to have lots of deals for you because we got there to negotiate for discounts and stuff for you. So that's super exciting. But until next time, Christina, what do we always say? Go and get your moxie on. Bye now. Bye. Bye.